Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And look who's here today. John Hogue is here, and we're going to be talking about the Antichrist, and we're going to be talking about the vaccine and what Nostradamus had to say about these things. And before I forget, you guys, please remember to subscribe to my channel. And if you want a psychic reading, go to my website, nancyherout.com and hit the book button and you can go to my calendar and book your time and date. Okay, John, I'm so excited you're here today because, um, hey, there's a lot going on with the pandemic. I'll just say this really quick. I want to, uh, first of all, preface this show with we are not giving medical advice. I am not giving medical advice and John's not giving medical advice. And so we are just talking about the predictions of Nostradamus and I'm doing the predictions of Nancy Yerout. And so if, um, if we give some information, it's just coming from us and it's not medical advice, please consult with your doctor, your physician. Okay. So before we get started, John, I, well, let's just start, John. I just want to say it's been in the news that there's all these different variants coming about with this COVID thing. Um, a lot of people will not take the shot. They're going door to door now. This is blowing my mind. Knocking on your door. Have you been vaccinated? Talk about this whole thing. You're writing a book on this. Welcome to High Road to Humanity. Yes, the whole, uh, everything's getting a little more Stalinist in the United States. Uh, you know, I, I had to, I have to augment what I've been warning since 35 or more years that I always saw the 2020s as the return in the fourth turning of totalitarian threats to human freedom. Uh, and I saw it way back in the 80s. And uh, it is amazing and terrible to see how accurate my warnings have been and how they have happened exactly starting with 20, the first of year of this, this very important key decade, which literally what we do in this decade will dictate whether we have a thousand years of history after it or not. And one of the books I'm writing, The Roaring 2020s, is literally a book that uses the 2020s as a launching pad and all the issues we're struggling with. And then I take each one of those major itch issues down the evolution of 1,000 years. Uh, that's, but I'm still working on that, and I will hope to have it finished sometime next year. It's quite a massive thing. Well, what so, does Nostradamus say about this? I mean, does he have quatrains about this vaccine and the creation? Does he talk about this? You know, it's always, in 40 years doing this, it's always easy to, I see how people very easily try to find things in their times in Nostradamus's nebulous prophecies. Mm -hmm. And I've learned early on, which is probably why I've been a success at this, I did not fall for the trap early on that almost everyone, including published authors, do, completely ignorant of doing it. And that is, you will, if you're a blind debunker, you will find things in Nostradamus that will 
support your theory that he's a charlatan. If you're a blind believer, you will find everything that supports Nostradamus as being this prophecy god, and both are wrong. Uh, fortunately, because of my training as uh, through Osho's meditations as a disciple of Osho since 1980, I have I caught that early on and was able to watch these nebulous things, not as images my mind wanted them to be, but these nebulous verses being really hiding something else. And so, so okay. it's very rare for me to seek out something and really find it's there. But in the case of COVID-19, I've, I've been shocked to see how many things. This book has more hits from Nostradamus about COVID well, tell its us. shape and nature, Yeah, that it's also a blood plague as well as a respiratory plague. Okay. Uh, where it hit Europe first in northern Italy, primarily Lombardia, he names it and names Luca and then down into Rome. And then the next uh, line of, uh, is into France and into Spain. And he's naming where the plague's going. Um, it is, uh, he called it a gusser. Uh, or Gusa, which what does is, that mean? What does that mean? Old French, weird kind of Provencal dialect word for um, a a seed pod that has husks, protein spikes. Nice. And 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 then he also talked about where it would emerge into outbreaks. He talked about the city of the sloping park. Now, I, I've thought, okay, this is how I do my detective work, my mm -hmm. sleuth saying work, mm -hmm. is I go, okay, uh, Wuhan is the epicenter. This is where it came. It's New York at the time when I was writing was the worst outbreak and still remains the worst city outbreak that happened in the United States, mm -hmm. which is the number one outbreak capital of the world. Um, and I said, is there anything like a park in these places. So I called out to my Chinese and Thai contacts and others that were living in Asia. And I started looking at things and we actually found a very interesting thing. The Yangtze Riverbank Park, uh, which is where all the junk ships used to be, was all that stuff was remodeled and erased. And now there's this very beautiful park, about 140 feet of slope from the main street down about a quarter mile down to the um, the uh, Yangtze River. That's that's called and I and I show the travel log uh, writings about it as a sloping park. Okay, now where is this located? In Wuhan. In Wuhan, for sure. Have they, have they so, it is, Wuhan. Yeah, so it so is. So it there. is there. Okay. The Wuhan is a con convergence of several rivers and cities. Okay. kind of means something like, you know, the coming together of cities. Uh, so Nostradamus and, uh, uh, points to this place. Well, it's, I would simply say that it's very in interesting that a sloping park does actually, I, I can't say if he meant it or not, but I can say how interesting it is right. that a sloping park of significance in China is in Wuhan and it's the epicenter. And more than that, there is another place in Brooklyn, 
where most of the rich folks live, uh, if they live in Brooklyn, overlooking the Brooklyn Bridge called Park Slope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and since, since, uh, since Nostradamus liked to use uh, the, the spare, uh, forgive me these very convoluted Greek terms, but there was a certain Greek grammar word plays that were in vogue in, in the 16th century. And one is called the Seinichtoche. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's a, it's where the smaller thing represents the larger thing. So if I say Paris, I mean France. Okay. And so if I say sloping park, I mean Wuhan. Or if I mean park slope, I mean New York. Okay. So because let's back up a minute to the larger unit. If it's like something in a city, then it's a city. If it's something, if it's a city in a country, then it's the country. See, that's what okay. sign Right. But let me back up. You said he sees it uh, with like prongs coming out. What does he say? Like, can you elaborate on that? Like, does he say that this is something to control the population? Is this something to eliminate the population? What does he say about this? Well, I know these are the burning themes. Uh, what, what is essentially hinted in his prophecies is that the relief is near, but the remedy is far away. He talks about it. Um, it he did, tries to describe a syringe in some of the prophecies. Uh, he okay. tries to describe it. In fact, let me just, let me just quote let me just yeah. bring it up, please. So I can quote one of these. Uh, I just find this fascinating. I just find Nostradamus, and you're such a, a wonderful person of, you know, knowledge that you can tell us what he was trying to say to us. It's it's yeah, it's a um, it's a fascinating subject. It's it's a shame that so few people actually take the time to learn the 16th century French because otherwise uh, they're just they're just projecting themselves. Okay, here it is. Uh, century three, that's the third volume of his 10 volume, Les Prophetiers, The Prophecies. Um, at Quatrain 75, he says, Paul, Verona, Vicenza, Saragossa, swords from distant lands damp with blood. Very great plague will come with a great uh, husk shell-like pod. Relief near, but the remedies far away. Now, it's pr pretty in the clear for Nostradamus. Uh, Paul is France. That's the Sinecdoche for the, the region, for the, co the country. Mm -hmm. Verona and Vicenza are Italy. Saragossa is Spain. So he's literally saying France, Italy, and Spain, swords, swords from distant lands damp with blood. Now, that would people will try to figure that out if they don't understand the mythology of the or the way the etymology of the way people in the 16th century dealt with symbols. Okay. I'm going to stop you so we can go to commercial break because I want to, I don't want to, I want you to tell this whole thing. So you guys, I'm here today with John Hogue. We're doing the podcast too. So we're going to break. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com 
to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and this is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with John Hogan. We're talking about Nostradamus' predictions about the COVID-19. And please continue on. So he sees it coming into Spain and Italy and France. Does And then does he see it going to the United States? Does he say anything about that? Well, first off, let's continue with this issue of swords. Okay. thing at a time. And that sure. is, that what is a sword uh, from distant land stamped with blood? Okay. In a, uh, if you understand the mythology around plagues, is that people from the Middle Ages on, in, even into the 16th century, uh, be- a lot of people, the common folk, believe that plagues were actually shot by demons with arrows, invisible wow. arrows, or okay. you were you were laid low by a demon with an invisible demon with a sword. So you'll often see in the artwork uh, on plagues, the demons are all around and people are, you know, being laid low by them. So, so he's using that metaphor of his time. Okay. And so distant lands, well, China is a very distant land from mm-hmm. France, Italy, and Spain. Uh, so, and the fact that he used damp with blood, there has been a long time, all these years I've been studying Nostradamus, I've been noticing his many attempts to warn us of a vast pandemic that that would be greater than any before that has something to do with blood infection. And so, of course, in the 80s, I wondered if it was AIDS uh, and or Ebola later on. I kept looking. I, I started to know and understand that swine flu and bird flu come from the 
another family other than SARS, uh, which is um, <clears throat> uh, the H1N1 families, the American influenza misnamed the Spanish influenza because it originated in a pig farm in Kansas um, is, is an H1N1 and it killed um, at least a hundred million people uh, in 1918 through 1921. Mm -hmm. um, we had another outbreak in 2009 that killed a quarter million people around the world and 12,000 in the United States. So it didn't have a high infection rate. Um, what, what I came to understand in the process of writing this book is that not only does the coronavirus attack the lungs and the capillary openings into the blood system, but as time went by and more autopsies could be given, it was clear that it also, it, its real killer is blood clots, inflammation of the heart, inflammation of the cardiovascular system, and, and as well as in organs. So, because that's what they were finding, killer blood clots in people. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, it, it's also, even though it's not H1N1, it is also a blood plague. It kills you by making your blood kill you. John, Lots. but John, let me, I want to rewind a little bit. Does he say just, anything? Well, I know, but let me just ask, does he say any, let me complete this thought. Does he say anything about this being made, like why it was made or the reason or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Before we yes. get further ahead, yes. I just want to back up a little bit. Okay. In this book, I, I look extensively into trying to open up the reader's understanding of what Nostradamus would call a plague is a lot of things we wouldn't call a plague. But in the 16th century, just about every kind of ailment was called a pest or a pestilence of some kind. Uh, like whooping cough or something like that, even though okay. it's not what we right. would call plague. Right. So, so there is a strong hinting, alluding to in his prophecies, manufactured diseases, okay. weaponized plagues. Okay, that's what and, I thought. And so, so it's in his prophecies a lot, and that there would be several plagues uh, affecting mankind at our times. So. Uh, but that could also mean the plague of global warming, the plague of, of uh, pollution. It could be, uh, those could also be called plagues. But this in specific is the one plague he's talking about. And it seems he even describes it uh, possibly um, when he, I have a very large part of his prose prophecies in this book, one of the first times I've done this, where um, he does this wild um, stream of consciousness narrative where he's jumping from in the middle of one sentence, three centuries this way, two centuries that way, and and then kind of gets on to this rant about our times where he talks about, um, he lists a, an unraveling of the world. A main theme, because this kind of covers not only this, this book's theme, but we're going to talk about the three antichrists. Right. Um, the main theme of our times in Nostradamus' prophecies is an unraveling of order, an unraveling of civilization through the stresses that it's inflicted upon itself by overpopulation, overconsumption, um, 
and a loss of culture and learning and letters. You know, we, we are technologically advanced, but in Nostradamus's view, we are, as far as social skills and intellectual skills, we are savages. I agree. And so can, you can see, and I'm sure a lot of your watchers can see that we are, when you look at the world right now, it is about to unravel on so many levels. Whatever one's view of what is causing climate change, it's here. It's the, the weather's getting crazy. Can I stop you a second? I just want to ask you a question. I asked you this before. I don't believe, I believe that the world, there's always climate change. I just want to throw this out here. I believe that the world is continually evolving and that the climate is always changing. I don't think that it's just like a bam. And I also think that maybe we do have, there are some people out there who have the ability to screw with the weather too a little bit. But what I feel is, and I just want to ask you on his- yeah, About um, 8 Nostra billion. About yeah. 8 billion, I would say. But I just want to ask you, does he talk about, you know, this is like, an, to me, it's like, you know, the weather is always ever changing. It's a why, okay, you let's know. Let's stop there. Let's yeah. stop there. Let's yeah. stop at that assumption. Yeah. Uh, if you actually study the history of climate for the last, um, since 10,000 BC, essentially what you're saying is incorrect. We have had a very stable, non-changing in fact, this, this climate that we've been living in for the last 10,000 years before a new ice age and after the end of the ice age has been a very, in re relative nature to what we know about climates in other eras, okay. this has been one of the most mellifluous, sweet, and unchanging, constant, and secure periods of climate. Okay, does he talk about us, humanity, trying to control the weather? Well, yes, but not in the way, not the harp and not this. Well, I know, but does he talk about it? Okay, that's fine. No, 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 he, no, no but he does. He does. What's he say? But, it, but, it, but I, I'll say it again. You, me, and 8 billion nearly people on this planet are the people changing the planet. I can tell people who have a hard time with that. I am totally in agreement with you. I, I want to believe what you believe. But I have spent 48 years watching this coming, watching the science long before most people watching this were even born. Okay. And I have, unfortunately, as much as I want to be a member of your view, I have the science. I have, and I have had the science long before it became politicized. I have the data. I have, I have also the prophetic legacy of other prophets. You would be amazed. In fact, soon everybody's going to see next year when I publish it, my 34-year collection of all the predictions of science and of all the prophets of all different times, how clear they are about this being a human-induced issue, okay. Okay. how clear they are about how we will be in denial of it, uh, because humans have a hard time with slow, slow uh, comprehension. Like slow, <laughs> slow disaster. Slow disaster. Well, when but what does we're there? Like if Hitler wakes us up, or Pearl Harbor gets bombed, then we we're like, oh, we roll okay. up our sleeves and go to work. But a creeping catastrophe yeah. has always been something human beings have a hard time seeing. This creeping catastrophe, by the time it becomes a real avalanche it'll be too late. 
And, you know, even back to um, the limits of, of growth, a, a paper that was written in 1972, which I read, um, the forecasts that they made about, you know, just looking from this as the human race, they said, if it continues to consume the world like it has and is, um, and overpopulate it and consume more, they basically made the forecast, which unfortunately is, is in agreement with a lot of prophetic uh, sources that are a completely different discipline, that by the 2040s, if we don't change the course we're going, we're going to see a great population collapse and see a, a possibility of the complete unraveling of, of human civilization. Okay. And in a kind of, Max, uh, uh, Mad Max kind of world. Right. Um, and John, I don't disagree with you completely on this. I mean, I do realize what we're doing. I mean, I remember the song that talks about, you know, put up another parking lot. Do you remember that? And that's what we've done. And I do see that. And I do feel like we all need to get back to nature. But yeah, it's going to take something major before we all start to um, honor Mother Earth. Mother Earth, really, because we don't honor Mother Earth anymore. The pandemic. I feel like. yeah, we're we talking about uh, what Nostradamus has to say about it. From the you know, mm-hmm. continue your thought, our please. Identity with our in the first things and fourteen ourselves, years the our ourselves, egos, and and thirteen the of those years recorded higher record-breaking temperatures, and then the, the whole twentieth century. Uh, John, I got to go to commercial break. Since that's so since that thought when we come back. Hey, you guys, I'm here today with since John Hope. This is High Road to Humanity. This is Nancy Hero. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 have all been hotter than them. And two of them, 2016 and 2020, tied the ultimate all-time records of heat. Yeah. This is... Now, another point about climate history, it's important if one has a positive or a, a concept of premise. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Um, we have seen, geologic time... Small, but not as rapid a, a, a change as we're seeing now. Permian extinction, which killed all but six percent of life, which one had a global warming. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now, let's get back to the show. Why is it very important as part of being living in the days of the present climate? 
We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, NancyEurope.com, so you never miss an episode of the High Road. He talks about three, so yeah, please go for it. Explain this, because I don't understand this. There are three antichrists in Nostradamus's um, prophecies. Okay. The first is Paul Neloron. Um, that is an anagram for three French villages in southwestern France. But the rest of the uh, quatrain sounds very much like uh, the life of Napoleon Bonaparte. Okay. So the lead is what the anagram, the wordplay is, it is actually an anagram for Napoleon Roi. And it's even captured Napoleon's Corsican Italian name. You know, Corsica used to be a part of Italy. Uh, Napoleon was as much an Italian as he was French. Yeah. And his name was Napoleone Buonaparte. Um, and that basically, um, he's, he's even got in the anagram the Corsican dialect version of Napoleone, Napoleonois. Apaluan is the other anagram with it, the angel of the abyss, the destroyer, which he called him because Napoleon in his lust for conquest killed 2 million French soldiers mm -hmm. and in the process and ultimately after the Napoleonic Wars all collapsed. So he, he saw him as a great butcher of French people. So he uses him as the analogy. He's the first antichrist. Each mm -hmm. antichrist is worse than the last. Gotcha. Okay. And worse in a unique way. The, the nature of the Antichrist, the nature of true evil is ignorance and stupidity. Correct. It's being, living a life as a zombie yep. unconscious. Yep. And, and I would even say that uh, the reason why we are so fascinated with zombies is because we are zombies. It, it, only a zombie disconnected from his world would eat it like a bark beetle not even thinking that you cannot eat this planet as if it is three planets to eat. Man. And just, so this is the act of real zombieism, of living uh, only at a bare minimum, dreaming one is alive when it actually most people live their lives at the bare minimum and not as they came into the world to be, Buddhas, awakened Christ conscious people. Right. So, so, so the second Antichrist, he gets a little closer on this one, dangerously so, because the people could actually start recognizing who he was talking about when he spoke of the second Antichrist, who he named Hister, mm -hmm. of the Crooked Cross, mm -hmm. the, um, the captain of Greater Germany, who would uh, uh, break unions in 37, 40, 41 and 45. Well, the 19s are missing. Uh, so this Hitler is the second Antichrist. And he's important to Nostradamus being born a Jew late in a Jewish family that had Christianized before, converted oh. to Christianity before okay. he was born so they wouldn't be cast out of Provence by the new French king who was an anti-Semite. Okay. And I didn't so, know that. So they so they hid uh, their Judaism under uh, Christianity, as many people did. Even my 
uh, relatives did a similar thing in some of my, <laughs> the mutt that I am of many uh, races of Europe. Uh, I also have Jewish. Uh, me too, Jewish actually. Jewish. I got yeah. a little Jew in me too. <laughs> and, and so, so the, so, so they're actually technically, genetically, many more Jews than are actually called Jews. Yeah. So they're <laughs> those groups that went like Nostradamus became Christians. So, yeah. so anyway, um, he writes about Hister uh, and how he would send the captives into a furnace. Um, the people of Irale, the, the lady Irale will not be pleased. Irale is an anagram for Israel. And yeah, I, said, I just want to say something. Greatest, though. Hold greatest, on a second, John. Hold, hold on a minute. I want to say something about what you just said. And I know you get on your, but hold on a minute. You know, when he talks about the people going into the furnaces, you know, I've been to uh, Germany and I've been to the concentration camps. And I just want to say this really quickly, that when you go there and you see the furnaces and you see where these people died and you see the showers where they gassed them and you see the shoes and you see the glasses, it's all there. And so it's just, I just want to make this so people realize how devastating, you know, people, you hear about history, but you can go there and you see, you see the fences. I just want to say this. Yeah, you can feel, I see, and I'm a psychic, so I felt it. And and you see the barbed wire is still up. That's what really caught me. You see the towers, and you see the barbed wire is still up all around these. And one more thing I just want to say about the concentration camps. Their beds were so small. They were so small, like a child's bed, and they slept on top of each other. And when you see this and you go there, it has an impact on your life. And so I just wanted to mention the concentration camps and how horrible. And I'm so glad that they've kept them so that people can see what really happened. For perspective, I want to also add, because unfortunately, even the Holocaust has been used to politicize and be a cover for deeper anti-Semitic crimes that are being committed by fellow Semites. Israel is becoming an apartheid nation. Now anti-Semitism has been programmed into us to be only about being persecuted or bad to Jewish Semites. But what are the Jewish Semites in the current government in Israel doing to the open-air ghetto called Gaza of Arab Semites, the the, the cousin brothers and sisters of Abraham, they're one family. And it's uh, so one of the outrages of our times is that the grandchildren, great-grandchildren of the survivors of the Holocaust and victims of the Holocaust mm-hmm. are becoming the thing that they, that inflicted so much pain and suffering on uh, their great-great-grandparents. And so this, it is another example of if there's not awareness, if people behave like zombies, lost in their identities mm-hmm. and not, and forgetting what they brought eternally into this world, Right. You will find yourself unconsciously become the thing you hate. And this is what is happening to Israel at its great detriment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, hopefully, you know, there's a very unpopular thing to say. No, that's true. I see it the too. Other thing, mm-hmm. The other thing is, as we remember the Holocaust camps, 
Right. Remember, go to Cambodia. You can find Pol Pot's camps in the killing fields. Go remember the Gulag Archipelago of Stalin, where two million people died. It is not just the the inflicting of this horror on Jews. It's the inflicting of such horrors on all people. On people, on humanity. No, it's true. Um, you know, let's take this last commercial break and let's come back and talk about the third Antichrist. Okay. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Yerald. I'm here today with John Hogue. Um, you know, John, tell us how people can get in touch with you before we move forward. They want a reading from you, John. <laughs> well, as I read the world, I also have come back after a 26-year hiatus since, 19, since 2018 to read one-on-one -on -one with you, each of you. Uh, and take this energy using first a little bit of astrology to, to divine the theme of the reading. And then I go deeper using the Osho Zen tarot deck to, and other means to take you in about 90 minutes into a journey of, of, of the mystery of you. Of ah, I love it. And, and who you and, are, you're gonna tell them who you are. Yeah, and what I do is like I'm standing here before a very large table. Then yeah. you see me here, but below me is a large table. And what happens is when I do Celtic cross readings, we'll come to a card that feels like, okay, there's something hidden here, suppressed that we've got to look at, or some mystery we need to unlock. Right. And then I will pull that card out of the original Celtic cross and do an, a Celtic cross reading on it. So I need a lot of room because sometimes this can be a bridge table. So you really get down. You really needle down to the main. Okay. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people even can see no, what you do. Wow. And it's just, it is a happening because the, the true medium is simply a facilitator of the That's happening. Right. That's right. not in control at all. So That's I right. tune into you and then things happen and uh, it can be. And the beauty is that, that there's, even though it's a two-dimensional screen, the Zoom, this kind of energy, as long as there's a way to trigger it, you can be anywhere in the world and yeah. it's intimate here and now. Mm -hmm. so and if they want a reading. Times, yes. so given these times, I'm finishing yes. now, given these times as they are, yes. um, go to my website, hogueprophecy.com. Yeah. And uh, it's H-O-G-U-E-P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y.com or just type in John Hogue, it'll prompt it on the, on the search engines. And you'll see at the top in red, uh, uh, Hogue readings, do a, get a Hogue reading. There's a link, Hogue Bulletin at HogueProphecy.com. Click on that, put Hogue reading on it. That's all you need to do. I'll know exactly what you're asking for. And then I will get right back to you by email and give you the times, how, what it costs, how, how we can do it on Zoom. And then we can go and do it. So, uh, I only Perfect. do one read a day, so uh, they're filling up fast. <laughs> they're filling up fast. There you go. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Red to Humanity. I'm here today with John Hogue. If you want a reading, um, he's told you how to contact him. So we, we're going to talk about the final Antichrist when we come back. This is High Red to Humanity. We'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, 
to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with John Hope. John, you're just a delightful guest, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And thank you for sharing all this information. You know, I give you a hard time about some of this stuff, but I really, you know, I believe in Nostradamus. I believe in your interpretation. You know, you are the expert on this. And um, I ask you if you talk about the final Antichrist. And so take it away. The final Antichrist is named Mabus. M-A-B-U-S. He is, he he first emerges in Quatrain 62 of Century 2. Mabus then very soon will die. Next will come a horrible unraveling of people and animals. Then instantly one will see vengeance, 100 powers fighting, thirst, famine, when the comet will pass. Now, this is this is also linked to. He says the third anti, the war of the third antichrist, the bloody war of the third antichrist, will last for twenty-seven years. And, and when so, will that start? Does he say? Does he give a time when that will begin? Or, well, there are two times. The twenty-seven year uh, is actually the precursor to the twenty-five years. It's mentioned in the. Um, in what is called this, the, the rant of unraveling of Nostradamus that he ends with actually the beginning portent. Okay, as he I, understand. I he understand. He said, then before all of these things transpire, there will be strange birds that will be seen all over the world yelling now, now, and then vanish. Now, there's a number of possibilities about the strange birds as a portent. And uh, I am 
I will not elaborate. You can read it in the book, uh, but it, it, one of the possible answers to it is they're not birds. They're bats. They're, it's okay. a bat plague. Oh. And so it could be actually him describing this pandemic from bats that did not have an intermediary. That's what made it look like it was made up back when I was doing, saying that intuitively. They, they couldn't really peg it to pangolins. It was just in bats. Well, it, the reason is that it was actually manufactured in the Wuhan lab uh, by people playing on, with gain of function uh, which Senator Rand Paul is one of the few voices in Congress to completely expose, which also has the potential of the money being donated for this gain of function actually came from NI... Uh, from NI the United States, yeah. Yeah, and from the United States doctors where they're doing gain of function in 14 labs. Very dangerous stuff. Nostradamus mm. is definitely talking about some accident happening. I was writing about it then, and indeed the Mr. Mr. COVID, who's always dictating to us what is true and changing it every few months, yeah. Dr. Anthony Fauci, right. it was the person donating money to right. do the gain of function that caused this disease. Yes. It's an accident, but it's an accident of stupidity. And yeah, and he's, and he's sitting right now, and I read this just recently, he's sitting today... Um, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, arrives for a Senate Health Education, Labor and Pension Committee hearing to discuss the ongoing federal response to the COVID-19. And so they've got him up there questioning him right now. So Rand Paul's going to have another round with him, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure. I, I have the transcripts of a number of things. So, since this book had to be put aside for a year, now it's a good thing because now all the all the data is backing up more and more that this was an accident in the Wuhan lab. But it could have been an accident anywhere, and it could have been equally our mistakes in the next moment because but we are actually is, doing more. Why were they doing it? But the point is, why were they even doing these experiments? That's the whole they thing, John. The, I'll answer that. They were doing the experiments because I read actually Dasik and Dasik and all the reasons. Yeah. And I wish more people would actually look and in, in, into what they actually said about it. Their view, including Ji, the uh, bat lady um, scientist of China, is that gain of function is to take something that's, that could potentially, like a SARS family virus, that it could potentially become infective uh, in a really bad way. And so they create a Frankenstein's monster inside the lab, believing that it's safe there. And they uh, then try to cure it. So they're, 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 they think in their mind that by creating these monsters, these bug monsters, that and then taming them, just like Dr. Frankenstein tried to- I know, it's monster. like all over again, right? Yeah, it is Frankenstein. It's Maria Shelley's book to a T. Uh, you know, the original Frankenstein, especially by Marie Shelley. And, and it goes awry. It gets out of the lab. Uh, in fact, there, there's things I'm tracking down now where the first people that are recorded get sick from COVID were from Wuhan. None of them were from the wet market. They were coming sick from Wuhan lab. 
Mm-hmm. So they it got out of the lab because somebody got infected with it, which often happens in these labs. It's it's it is the level of antichrist unconscious stupid that is going on here that we would make these things. But that's their that's their thinking. Their their lame brain thinking, and well, it really should be stopped. Get to the antichrist, then. Get to the now. The yeah. antichrist is is. Uh, the times of the Antichrist are the times of thirst, famines, plagues, these times. It's actually, we're in them now. Now, the 27 years is, is intriguing because two candidates for the Antichrist, Osama bin Laden of Al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein of Iraq, both uh, had their reigns. Osama bin Laden's holy war uh, was declared, and when he was killed, was exactly 27 years. Saddam Hussein, when he came to power, uh, his power and to the moment of his hanging, 27 years. And it was constant conflict and war in Iraq. Okay. The 25 years is, is to come later. And that is probably coming in the association of finally after what? Since 1983, I've been looking at these candidates and I thought we were done with it. And past the danger until about a few years ago when I realized the most uh, the most powerful potential candidate has arisen and done something the other two, the other uh, candidates had not. He, he is a world leader, just like Hitler was, just like Napoleon was. He is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, um, MBS. MBS is, uh, is how the, press calls him because they they can't handle his long Muslim name. But MBS is a classic anagram that uh, play that Nostradamus does where he pulls out the vowels and leaves only the consonants of words and you have to put the right vowels back in. And MBS is missing a U and an A. M-A-B-U-S, Mabas. His name also in the laws of anagrams, Muhammad, in the phonetic spelling of it, and bin Salman, son of Salman, okay. both of them very easily convert down to Mabas, using, and you'll see this in the books, how, how the laws of Nostradamus's anagrams work. And so um, he is, you know, he is the head of the, the country that stands as the black gold that bases the value of the US currency, which is the, the biggest reserve currency in the world. If Saudi Arabia should collapse with his death, which is very likely because there are 3,000 princes in the Saudi family that really don't want him running the show. So uh, it could cause a collapse. It could cause the uh, Saudi Arabia to truly become an Islamic state, uh, ISIS, because most of ISIS people, its funding, came from Saudi Arabia, Arabia. and its religious uh, beliefs are Wahhabist, which is a heretical sect of Islam. Um, And it is what Al-Qaeda worships. It is doomsday Islamic religion. And so so if that were to happen, and if the war with Iran then happened, and Nostradamus said of the whole region of the Gulf that it would be reduced back to its pristine state, which was him being euphemistic for, you know, if he saw a vision of it 20 years after it happened, you would think it was just all desert, 
all reduced back to deserts and nobody around because of the war there. Okay. So the, the thing to watch out is the War of the Antichrist is where he drags in the two kings of the north, the eagle kings, the white bald eagle of the Americans, the double-headed eagle of the Russians. Right. So he's talking about current presidents, either Biden or his successor, and certainly Vladimir Putin, who could be there until the early forever, right, till he falls over dead. So, so, so uh, there is the Eagle Kings are dragged into a war uh, that's caused by an Arab uh, vassal. Uh, Babare, he calls it. Now, Babare is an anagram in French for uh, the Arab, uh, of or from Arab. It's, it's an Arab satrap, a, a vassal. And now that could be on either side. If, if we're talking about the Russian vassals, it's the Syrian Arab army, right. it's Hezbollah, it is the Iranian Shia militias um, that did most of the fighting to defeat ISIS. This is something pathetic that the news does not say that the lion's share of the fighting and dying against ISIS were actually the Iranian Iraqi uh, militias yeah. uh, and, and not Americans and not the Kurds and, uh, and not the Syrian Arab army. So anyway, the, so that brings in Iran. So that's the Russian side. The American side would be the, the vassal would be either Israel or Saudi Arabia. And so so it's one of these situations where it's kind of like the guns of August. So suddenly the Middle East erupts and then Russia, which is on, in country as well as America is, um, they end up going to blows directly. And that brings in China. And then you have the War of the Antichrist, which is essentially the Third World War. And that is not in the times we are living now, in the next four years, I have not seen astrology more ripe for some idiotic move that fulfills Stormberger's famous prophecy about the Third World War, that people will walk, the multitudes will walk with their eyes wide open into this catastrophe. And the reason why your eyes are wide open is your mind is being shut by your media which has become a, a, voice mag, a, a voice box for the military industrial complex. And so because you are completely misinformed about what's going on in the world and misinformed about people that are being made into ogres who are actually reasonable people that we can deal with, um, that uh, you one day may wake up to World War III and say, why, how, how did this happen? It's because you have been made blind with your eyes open. Your governments are not telling you what's really going on. Right. And your media has been completely compromised by uh, corporate powers and corporate influences that only wish to give you a corporate view of the world. Right. So for they for their gain. But when he says, so do you think it's inevitable in his quatrains? Does he say it's inevitable that we'll have a World War Three or there is there a chance that a lot of us wake up, see what's going on and put a stop to this? Nostradamus's greatest contribution to the world of prophecy is that he is a tremendous and documented proponent that the future is not written in stone. Right. It only appears to be written in stone because when you're brought in as Christ consciousness, by the time you're seven to 14 years old, 
you have been turned into stone of personality and ego. Right. And a whole world of people turned into stone are very predictable. Mm -hmm. um, consciousness is very predictable. It is intelligence and genius and consciousness that is not predictable because it lives in the eternity of the present. It responds, it is able in its freedom to respond to the moment. And then it's unpredictable. And often it will be very intelligent. Um, it, will, it has its own morality that is brought in from the beyond. Mm -hmm. This, you cannot teach people responsibility if you have a world that the first thing they do is not teach you the fundamental responsibility. To know oh, yourself. Yeah. Right, to know thyself. To That's know true. Yourself. That's true. That's absolutely if, if, true. And that one pillar is missing. So all the other things they're teaching you to be good, to be responsible, to do this, is all outward oriented. And they've Gotta completely go in. forgotten. Gotta go in. Yes. Yes. They've John. completely forgotten the essence that you have brought into this world of forms. Without that essence being known, you cannot, um, you cannot be able to respond to the potentials of the future, which is always coming into the moment. What is called the future by most of, in fact, prophecy is a tale of false futures regurgitated from the past and projected and identified with upon the mystery of the future. The true future can only be encountered if you live completely, relaxedly in the present. If you are in the present, you see that the future is pure potential, That's constantly right. coming each new moment to bring forth uh, the future. So if you're waiting for your ideals of a better world to happen in the future, live them now. Right, create it. Because if you live them now, you have now created that future in the present where it can only be created. If there's a new humanity in a golden age now, forget about mooning about it in the future. If you do that, you're under the trap of mind ego identity. Yeah. Live here, live now that golden future. With, be a, an effect without a cause. You will find then that you have created in this moment all the ideals we wait in the future to come and never come. It wow. comes only when you live here now because you are it. Yes, yes, we are it. Gosh, that is so profound, John. It's exactly the truth. We need to stand up. You guys, wake up, stand up, be aware, go within. You're exactly right. It's it, The treasure lies within every one of us. And if we start to go within and use the treasure that's inside of us and connect with the divine God, whatever you want to call it, we can and we will change things. We doesn't change anything. Only the individual can do this. I know. Now, many individuals hearing this can start doing this now. Yes. But it is a danger to fo focus on we because there is no we. It's only there I. There is no forest. They're only trees of unique mm -hmm. individual human beings. Right. And to see this as it is, not as it's projected with the abstracts of we or right. nations or religions and all these sheeple herded identities. Mm -hmm. To really see that's it. it the sheep herded. Just I, here, <laughs> just now, just you. Yeah. You're right, John. Right on. 
Right on. I feel like we're going to make it. I do. I'm, I'm one of these that just feel like, yes. And you say we, I'm making it. So I'm good. <laughs> and I'm here. Osho used to say often, because <laughs> he saw this unraveling in 1983. Yeah. And, and he said, I, I cannot believe that the human race would choose to destroy itself. No. But he said, uh, he also said, uh, as far as, but as if one follows logic, it's going to happen. But if, uh, you know, one life is not by logic alone. So he had a, a quality of, I hope for the best and wait for the worst. <laughs> but, but his, the understanding, his understanding was that the only way a new humanity can happen is if it happens here and now with each of you listening and then and then you become uh, by example that light but you're not doing this to be in a crusade or a missionary missionary if you think one iota missionary about this you're now turned it into even a worse farce i understand something really beautiful and turn it into another ego trip this, it, in fact, I would say the best thing that can happen in the world is that people stop worrying about the world ending and even confront the fact that maybe the world should end. Maybe we have not lived. If you're going to have the full experience, you have to also include the things we always avoid. Like, why, why should we survive? Have we deserved? Oh, I don't know, John. I think we do. And I think I'm just going to throw my two cents in here. I think the COVID has been a blessing in disguise where people have gone within and started to realize what is important. And I've said this many times, and it's what's caused people to go within and to wake up because they made a stay at home. So that part of it has been a blessing because people have gone within. I know I have. It's given me more time to meditate, more time to to connect with God, more time to become the person that I am. And, and I think, you know, there's always a You're blessing. A person. I always person. look at it. The, I always the look at the blessing, John. Mask. The person <laughs> means mask. Whatever you are in the mask of who you are now, I'm talking about the thing that you came into the world with that has been forgotten. Secondly is to get to the point, because you, I know that caused a reaction to you, what I said. But I'm not saying it that it will happen, but I would say when you, if you're talking about consciousness, if you're talking about going in, do something that, uh, that Krishnamurti used to describe, that whenever he was faced with something to look at, a fear or this or the end or whatever, he used to talk about allow it into, as you watch it, the entire issue grow like a tree, grow and, and do not let it go. Do not involve yourself into it. Allow yourself to see all the correlations as if it grows from the root of the question. And if you allow that to happen, including the end of the world, which is part of this equation, which you are cutting off from this. I am. You're not seeing the whole picture. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and, and, and because you're afraid of that. Look at that. You're afraid of death. Afraid. No, understand. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to die either. I'm so connected to God. I'm not yes, afraid to die. Are, at all. No, I'm not. Oh yes, my God, John! You are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna disagree with you wholeheartedly. It's on not this a one, question John. of disagree. I can oh. prove because you the way you <laughs> shut down when oh. I talked about the world. Actually, well, why should we actually be here? And I don't agree. Shut I, down to John, me. 
John, I don't agree with you. And I, I it doesn't matter. I you think you're do, awesome, but I don't your, agree. Your agreement is irrelevant or disagreement. What you can do is do what I'm saying Krishna Verdi talked about. Look at what made you stop. Look at what made you uh, not cancel that out. That is a, uh, that's a, that's an avoidance. It simply is. If you look at it uh, you and watch the whole process, you may truly encounter what is holding you back from completely not being afraid of death. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, John, for coming on the show today. We're out of time, but you have enlightened us. And thank you for teaching us about the Antichrist, because I wanted to know. And so you feel it is going to come out of, he's a Saudi Arabian um, prince. That's he who you believe it is. the highest candidate at this moment. All right. John, tell everybody how to get in contact with you again. Uh, come visit me at hogueprophecy.com. It's H-O-G-U-E-P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y.com. Uh, it, it's also there. If you seek the, the green eye icon in my free articles, you could become a subscriber for 12 months for $60 of an entire, not just the tip of the iceberg, but all the articles that I write about current trends in current events and prophecy with a unique heterodoxical view of, of things. If you want a reading, um, you can see at the top of the page, uh, Hoag Readings, click on the email, put Hoag Readings in it, and I'll get back to you. Okay, John, thanks for coming on the show today. I love talking to you. I love bantering with you too. God bless. <laughs> hey, you guys, this is Nancy Rout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. You can achieve your goal